Oh, they're all late. That was terrible. Start. Start. Wow, oh, that was all like late. That was terrible. Out of sync. Actually, no, you guys to the were echo. All... of Name Two Bands with Andy and Andy. As ever, my name is Andy Brown, and joining me, as always, it is Andy Sanford. Hello. How are you doing, Andy? I'm awesome. Outstanding. And joining us once again uh, for his third go-around, we have Scott Jeffries. How are you, Scott? I'm doing well. Is this like SNL? Am I going to be like the the five-timer and get a special jacket or something? Yeah, I think you're the... You're the uh, Steve Martin, I think, of this uh, podcast, <laughs> at least thus far. Uh, He's a three-time man. I don't play banjo as well as he does. <laughs> uh, I don't play banjo at all. And uh, do you have any uh, musical goings-on doings that you want to report? On the banjo? Yes, on the banjo. <laughs> Who are you talking to? You, Scott. Which music? Which... You. Me, me, Scott. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, tons. I... Um... Yeah, actually, uh, booking some recording time with my country rock band, Stars of Cascadia. We're going to record two albums simultaneously. Outstanding. Working on uh, on the topic of Prague, working on the new Gamma Repeater album. We've got all the drums done, some of the bass, some guitar. Yeah. Hope to have that done in a few months. Uh, doing a little, like, California acoustic harmony thing with a friend. We just kind of did our first little right on. get-together. What makes yeah, it California? Yeah. Like, is it like that lo- California Eagles? Crosby, kind of Stills, thing? and Nash, Laurel Canyon. Okay, Laurel Canyon. Okay, got yeah. it. Gotcha. I needed a more and, specific uh, part of and California. And now my, my, my newest thing is that I want to write a chamber pop album. Ooh. So I've been oh, Those really are cool. obsessed that with going. Been really obsessed with chamber pop lately. That could be interesting. Good stuff. I mean, I've been into the Beach Boys for, like, well, you know, Brian Wilson for a while. You like that Millennium album, right? That was good shit, right? Yeah, yeah, that was that was really good. I really uh, another friend of mine when I I posted on Facebook asking for chamber pop, baroque pop recommendations, and uh, another friend suggested the High Llamas, and I'd never heard of them. And their first album, their first two albums actually, Gideon Gay and Hawaii, but especially Gideon Gay are so good. Uh, I'm really obsessed with them right now. I've been listening to a lot of Odyssey and Oracle lately, The Zombies. Hell yeah, that's a great album. Oh, yeah. That's a really great album. That's Man, a that's a good album. Yeah, he, he needs to check out uh, the that Small Faces album. Yeah, definitely, band. definitely. Yeah, is it got Ogden's like lots of flick. like it, it like needs lots of harpsichords? Pop. I like it. if it doesn't have harpsichord, I don't want. It's got hear. harpsichord. It's got all harpsichord. Right. Definitely. All right, I'm definitely. all over that. I'm kicking myself. Happiness though, because, fan you know, is all harpsichord. Nice. 
Well, you know, the zombies were touring uh, behind Odyssey and Oracle. Like, they did this big, like, 50 anniversary world tour, and it was like a Wednesday night, and and I was like, eh, whatever, I'm tired. And, um, and then, like, I started listening to that album more, and I was like, what the fuck have I done? Uh, same thing. I, I made an excuse not to go. And then downloaded a recording from the tour. I was like, shit, I really should have gone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So that's, 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 that's my new obsession right now. But uh, And uh, for the second week in a row, um, we have a second guest. Um, and this one, it's a first-timer. It's our old friend, uh, Andy Bellamer. Uh, welcome, Andy. Hey, folks. How are y'all doing? Yo, yo. And... Uh, you are an assistant professor of biology at Appalachian State University in Northwestern Carolina, uh, North Carolina, excuse me. And from everything you've posted over the years, your specialty is something like manipulating worm DNA to breed a new species of superworms, right? Well, I'm, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Now it's fly DNA. Oh, so fly now DNA. It's fruit flies. Superfly. Could you breed? Could you breed a worm <laughs> and a fly together? Or a super worm like fly. The fucking, that'd be like that Jeff Goldblum movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of flies with jellyfish DNA in them. Interesting. In my lab right now, so. Interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> You're a sicko. They've been you are a eating sicko. some dead jellyfish? What was that? The flies are eating dead jellyfish? Is that how they get jellyfish <laughs> in them? Or you well, just mean in their DNA? They've mated somewhere yeah, yeah, with jellyfish yeah, can, along the way. So so we can we can take whatever DNA we want and... Inject it into some fly embryos, and it'll get incorporated oh, into their genome. And see what happens. Okay. Interesting. Speaking of nice. speaking of chamber pop, nice. though, have you listened to the <laughs> Jellyfish albums? No. Jellyfish is awesome, and the Jason Faulkner solo album is even them. better. I better start writing yeah, this probably... down. Jellyfish and small faces. Yeah, yeah. You need to jellyfish, dude. Definitely seriously. check out the small faces. Yeah, though. that was outstanding. But the, well, Jellyfish yeah. only has two albums, and they're both amazing. So just go ahead and check out both their albums. And then some Jason Faulkner solo and some Roger Manning solo and the Logan Sanchez soundtrack. you're just on fire and... with the recommendations, Andy. Ooh. Slow down, slow down. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole. And so, this is being recorded. You can hole. go back and review. <laughs> uh, and so, Bellamer, um, we've never directly discussed this. Uh, oh, and just uh, we're probably going to be using a lot of last names on this episode because... Obviously, Andy, there's Andy, three Andy. Andys. And Scott, episode, I think you need so. to title this uh, Andy, 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 like Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> oh, spell it differently each time. Uh, exactly. Oh, no. But uh, we've never directly... Yeah, dis- three spellings. We've never directly discussed this, um, so I'm just kind of going off memory um, from your posts over the years, but it seems like you were like a kind of a music nerd at a fairly early age. Um, then you worked for campus radio. Um, and then you just kind of kept on going deeper and deeper into like obscure musical rabbit holes. Is that more or less right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm into is like the deeper and weirder, the rabbit hole, the better. Um, like as I was preparing for this episode, I realized that like I got into prog rock in high school when I got super into like the, rec.music.progressive news, bro- news group on AOL. Wow. I was like 14 or 15 <laughs> years old, maybe, and that's, yeah, that's sort of how it all started. That's a throwback. You just dated yourself. <laughs> Dude, I was listening to Prague before there was news groups. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that a Prague is so over 
sentiment there, Sam. I don't know. I don't even. I don't even know what that is. Prague is awesome. I thought I hated Prague for a long time, and then I finally succumbed. Yeah, and I never have. So maybe this. Uh, maybe this episode will uh, change me on that score. Um, We're gonna see what happens. Pretty much want to get right into it, but real quick, um, we did want to talk about um, that Samford. Um, your album is out, correct? Yes, we released it on 420, and we were kind of, uh, our thunder was stolen a bit by sleep, yeah, which doesn't matter indeed. because they're fucking amazing, <laughs> and I don't give a shit. They've got a new album out, and that's awesome. I don't care that it came out on the same day that we've been planning on putting our album out for the past six months. But, um, yeah, we, no, we put it out, and it's on YouTube and Bandcamp, and we got CDs and LPs coming soon, but for now, it's out there for anyone to want to listen to it. And if you want high-quality music files, you can get them at Bandcamp. It's pretty cheap. But it's out there for free listening all over the place. And we've gotten good response already and, and a lot of listens in just a couple of days. Outstanding. And, uh, of course, I'll throw a link in the description for that. And uh, yeah. I'm actually working on a review of it for uh, next week's episode. So Sweet. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's got the drummer from Atomic Rooster on it, right? That is correct. Rick, uh, Rick Parnell, he played drums for, uh, Horse and Atomic Rooster. He was in Atomic Rooster twice. He was actually, he was the first guy that replaced Carl Palmer, uh, but then he didn't stick around for that, uh, Devil Walks Behind You album, but then he came back a couple years later. Uh, he also played in a prog group, Italian prog group called Nova in the late 70s. And then he played the role of Mick Shrimpton in Spinal Tap, which yes. is where I first learned it. Oh, wow. God, that's rad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. And he's an amazing drummer. I mean, he's awesome. I mean, he's an amazing drummer. And, we, and, and there's some really awesome drum stuff all over the album. We've talked about this on the show before, of course, uh, a couple times. But go ahead and tell them how uh, you hooked that up, because that's a good story. Well, I mean, I, uh, you know, I initially found out that he did session work in an ad in the back of a magazine. It might have been Billboard or Goldmine or something like that. And I just joked to my friend Brian, who's also the other guitar player, guitar player in the band. I said, wouldn't it be fun to record an album with the drummer from Spinal Tap? You know, and then a couple years later, I friended him on Facebook and I said, hey, you know, I, uh, I might have a little bit of money if I can make it happen. Would you be willing to come to Atlanta and record an album with me? And he was like, sure, mate. <laughs> and, That's awesome. uh, so, you know, we just we made all the arrangements. We flew him down here. He stayed in my house for a week. We went to the studio for five days and recorded as much as we could. Got about, uh, I'd say, an album and a half worth of songs, of which the album worth of songs is now out, and the other half album of songs I'm going to do as solo stuff uh, later on next year sometime. And then probably about two albums worth of improvisational jams, of which we picked the best about 45 minutes of them and put them out now. Hell yeah. And as you mentioned, uh, Sleep, who is a band that uh, I was not aware of at all um, until you had me review them for this show. And at first I didn't really like it, um, and then it definitely grew on me to the point where I find myself thinking sometimes, I want to listen to Dope Smoker. Um, and they had their first album in 10 years uh, called The Sciences. 15, 15 years. Is it 15? Um, well, legitimately, it's like almost 20 years because Dope yeah, Smoker first came out, came out first, as... Yeah. It came out as Jerusalem first in like 99 or 2000, and it was kind of a chopped up bad mix of it. And then it came out as proper Dope Smoker in 03, and then re-released again in 08 and again in 12. So this is really the first new, new sleep material since, you know, like 99. And it's really good. Uh, I would say it's, oh, it's, amazing. it's comparable to Dope Smoker, actually. It's easier to get into it. They've, you know, they've chopped it back up into song lengths. Yeah, I mean, it's 10 to 14 minutes, most of them, but, you know, it's, it's, 
smaller chunks to digest and they kind of go the, run the whole gamut of the sleep sound and I, you know, I think it's more along the lines of their Holy Mountain album, which was before Dope Smoker, but more consistent than that. They took, you know, the stuff they learned with Dope Smoker, and then and the last they've been touring together on and off for like the last eight years. So you know, getting the groove back, and and yeah, it's great hearing new stuff from them. Uh, either of you guys listen to Sleep Ever? No, I like them. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh... Heavy st- Unashamed Sabbath worship, yeah, but done very, super, super stoner, super heavy. Yeah, very heavy, very stony, uh, very riffy. Lots of, Lots uh, you know, the first song is is, is Marijuana's theme, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they have no shame <laughs> about their love of Sabbath or weed. Yep, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, once again, we're doing uh, something a little different this week. Um, we're not doing two bands. Uh, we're just going to talk about progressive rock um a whole genre yeah which is a, a genre of music that i've personally um never really gotten into so we're just gonna kind of at first just go one by one and just kind of uh share what progressive rock means to us what we consider to be progressive rock and as little as i've listened to it i can only say i i like a few rush songs um uh is uh is super tramp considered prog that's not, that's like prog pop. Yeah, that's one of those borderline cases that's really yeah. hard to deal with. And Rush is, I, mean, I guess Rush is. I yeah, think. Rush is. Yeah. Well, but, Rush but super, was. Super Tramp Rush is got, not. When Rush got big, they got less proggy. Right. But they kind of went prog pop. I actually, I like poppier Rush than proggier Rush. Proggy Rush doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, I really like some early 80s Rush. Yeah. I really only like the first three or four Rush albums, so I like their, when they're more trying to be like Led Zeppelin proggy. Well, I like a couple uh, Super Tramp songs anyway. Although somebody had a very funny joke I saw on Twitter today. Um, You're bloody said, well uh, right. says, Super Tramp, take a look at my girlfriend. Me, okay, I'm doing it. Super Tramp, don't look at my girlfriend. Me, wait, what's going on? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um so, uh, Samford, what, what do you consider to be progressive rock and what, what does that mean to you? Uh, for me, progressive is, is really good musicianship, adventurous arrangements, you know, and, uh, well executed. And for me, there's basically, there's, I guess, three levels of prog rock for me. And level one, the best prog rock is King Crimson. They're on their own plane. They are better than every other prog band combined, in my opinion. When I am in a mood for prog, I generally go to Crimson. Then you got level two, which is all the stuff that's not as good as King Crimson, but it's still pretty cool. It's fun to listen to. I dig Yes. I dig uh, uh, some Porcupine Tree here and there. I dig some Gentle Giant. I dig some Genesis, you know, but none of those bands I'm anywhere near passionate about as I'm King Crimson. Um Early Mahavishnu Orchestra, that's another good one. And then there's just bad prog where it's just, it's just, it's overblown, ridiculous, and pretentious, and, and, uh, I, you know, I don't even know if I could actually name any examples. I just know that it, it you know, when I, when I hear bad prog, I'm immediately like, okay, no, next. <laughs> but overblown, ridiculous, and pretentious is prog. In a way, but I'm saying even for prog, you get even <laughs> further over, like, like, it's like so, oh, it's just like, it's, they're trying too hard. I don't know. There is bad prog, you know, I, I is, love prog. Oh really God, yes. But there's bad prog. <laughs> there's really, really bad prog. <laughs> I mean, even the best prog isn't like, I mean, you know, I, I love prog, but like, I love it in spite of things. And 
uh, I mean, maybe even because of those things, but it's it's very endearing in a really corny way. Yeah, as long as it doesn't take itself too seriously. I, I think that's the, the key with some of that stuff. Yeah, when you sent me uh, your recommendations and I listened to one of them, which we'll get to here later, um, I think I responded, I liked that, but what the hell was that? And uh, you said <laughs> you said you like, uh, you think Prague should be as ridiculous as possible. Yeah, so, so for for me, if if if, if 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 that's a segue to my definition, yeah, I I, I think I'm it done. has to be, it has to be high concept, um, and it can be elaborate, it can be fantastic musicianship, but I think the high concept part is really the biggest part, um, and it probably has to reference back to what was going on in either the UK or Italy in the early seventies. Like it has to somehow reference back to that classic era stuff that was happening in Europe. Um, yeah. And it, and it has to be big and dramatic. Like it, it's probably at its best. If there's like at least one person on stage wearing some kind of weird face paint. Like that's, <laughs> for, oh, I thought you were going to so say like, a cape. Uh, yeah. And a cape too. Sure. That too, uh, sure. Like goes without saying. Um, but yeah, so, so that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. Right on. And, uh, how about you, Scott? Uh, well, I ab- oh, sorry. You'll have to forgive me. I'm watching Walker Bueller's very first career start, and he's stealing. He's throwing hundred mile an hour heat. Uh, nice. So this is exciting. Hey, uh, we're all baseball uh, yeah. fans. Here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, That's why we know each other. So Bellamer, Bellamer is right. It's very high concept. Um, uh, I I will say specifically from a musical standpoint. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> changing time signatures, changing key signatures. Uh, multi-movement songs. I mean, like 20-minute long songs that aren't even really songs. They go through so many different sections and there's big epic grand sections and there's heavy rocking sections and, and then there's like the wistful, quiet section and then it builds back up. And, you know, uh, I'll also say like you can have uh, you can have a prog band that's guitar, bass, and drums but for me, a pretty essential part of a prog band is the interplay between a guitar and a keyboard, and especially a cheesy '70s synthesizer. <laughs> Those aren't cheesy at all. But yeah, like I don't if, know what you're talking about. I think if you know, <laughs> if you haven't, uh, if you don't, or have a Mellotron, song, it, Mellotron works. Oh yeah, Mellotron for sure. But you got to have more than that. I mean, it can't just be Mellotron, and that's why, like. I have a really hard not I you know I don't know if we want to jump into bands yet but I have a really hard time with Vandergraaff generator <laughs> because because it's all keyboard and it's uh, oh but there's the saxophone too yeah oh yeah saxophone the worst instrument ever perpetrated oh, no, 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 no. wow if it's done right like I mean Crimson's done some amazing I saxophone mean, stuff Crimson, but I'm with money, you on, on Vandergraaff saxophone solo but. Um, yeah, and, you know, metaphysical lyrics, fantastical lyrics, uh, you know, it can't be like love songs. Yeah, I've never heard a prog song that had that. Um, so what we're going to do basically is, uh, all three of you sent me, uh, two clips and I did listen to them all. Um, and I wrote up my thoughts on all six of them. Um, so we'll just go through one by one and, uh. I'll just describe, say what I think about them, and then you guys just jump off and talk about whatever you want. Um, and then I'll just kind of uh, try to keep things on, on track to the best uh, degree that I can. Um, 
Just really depends on what Walker Walker Bueller does, I guess. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so uh the first song that Andy suggested uh to me, and uh I should say he sent me two songs, and both of them were King Crimson songs. Uh, two different eras of King Crimson. Correct? That's as good as it gets. Right. It, yeah, you have the you have the the first song on the first King Crimson album, and the last song on the last King Crimson album before the first breakup period in 1974. And Crimson went off beyond oh. that into many different eras, and a lot of people love the Blue era more than anything else. But for me, that's kind of a different take on really what classic prog is, and uh, and so. Uh, that's why I stuck with 69 and 74. I agree with you. And I, and I already know what two songs those are. So (laughs) (laughs) nice choices. So the first one is, uh, entitled 21st century schizoid man. And we'll go ahead and play a clip. sampled the title phrase on power which i think was the best song on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy um and that's my favorite and you know he 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 sampled that without permission but robert fripp found out uh after it was released but he's now listed among the or not he's not but the songwriters of that song are now listed among the songwriters of power nice and uh I should say that uh, Kanye West is on an amazing uh, Twitter meltdown right now. So you guys should all go <laughs> and check that out. It's unbelievable. Oh, it is. It is beautiful. <laughs> and now Shania Twain saying she would have voted for Trump. Yep. Oh, not, boy. not that that's terribly surprising. Um, but beyond that, <laughs> on this song, though, uh, I'm not a musician, of course, but it sure seems like they changed time signatures like a bunch during that song. Um like, I mean, Crimson will have different instrumentalists playing in different time signatures at the same time, and they just they meet up every once in a while. It's you know, it's it's I even as a musician, I can't wrap my mind around that end of it. I just kind of listen and with my jaw dropped and like, yeah, yeah okay, that's was, amazing. It was really cool, <laughs> um, and I liked at about the four minute mark of that song, uh, it turned into like a completely different song, and a bunch of horns came in, and I thought that was awesome. Um, but I really loved the whole thing. Um, so you scored on that one, Andy. Um, and then- I mean, the first King Crimson album t- is like the, is really is like 
the birth of Prague. And they've always hated being pigeonholed in Prague because they always felt like they were kind of different. But, I mean, they were really the ones that that kind of – they played Hyde Park opening for Rolling Stones in front of, like, some crazy amount of people. And, yeah, how's that I for mean, a first gig? Yeah, and it's <laughs> – and it's – it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like how Black Sabbath was the really what what made metal invented metal King in my, in my opinion King Crimson invented Prague with that album. I don't think that's an opinion. I think that's documented fact. Although yeah, that, you know that's, that's a great it. album, but Moonchild, Jesus God! <laughs> I, well, they've I really he, come around to Moonchild. I, I actually I saw I them like play the that actual, live, and I really dig it now. I like, but the they do a shortened version of it. Of it. There's edits now. There's edits where they've edited that that flute jam down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what the skip button on the CD player is for. <laughs> I guess if you're doing vinyl, it doesn't work out quite as well. I mean, if you're really high, like, you know. Too like, high to press the skip button? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like Moonchild is awesome because Moonchild is like, it's like the classic, like, contrarian take. Like to be able to say, well, Moonchild's my favorite song from that album. Oh yeah, like that. That would be pretty yeah. contrarian because there's every other song on that album is way better. Than <laughs> but got, everyone's gotta have got to have one of those because I'm like that with Adam Hartmother with Pink Floyd. I'm like, oh, that's their best album. And everyone's like, you're crazy. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that that is a very contrarian take. But we already went through Pink Floyd. Uh, we did. Speaking, speaking of, of Prague, by the way, speaking of Pink Floyd, animals, wish you were here. That's total Prague. Yeah, that is, there's a lot say, of prog. Is, is that uh, prog? Yeah. So, oh yeah, for guys? sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pink Floyd is definitely prog. All right, so we've established it's a, that. It's Pink a more ma- it's a more mainstream prog, if only because they sold so many albums. But it is they're all very proggy. It's adventurous arrangements. It's not your typical arrangements. It's excellent musicianship. It's uh, yeah. a, a high concept. You know, it's everything. Yeah, and they became more proggy as they went on. Like when they definitely. got to wish you were here in animals. Definitely. And Animals is about to be released in surround sound. That's going to be awesome. Ooh. Uh, I have a first pressing on vinyl. That's all I need. <laughs> Man, the, those Pink Floyd surround sounds are, are, will blow your mind on a good system. And it's, it's German. It's a German pressing, too. And, the, and those German pressings from the 70s are. Yeah, nice. those are nice. Germans love Prague. Oh, man. Sorry, I'm totally derailing this, but. Uh, no, it's, you know, this is what it's supposed to be. going to come to mind. Is, so, now, if Krautrock of... is Prague, that's my favorite Prague, but I don't know if Krautrock Kraut is, <laughs> yeah. is its own thing. It's Kraut its own thing. Krautrock is, is not, but one is. It has one of my elements, but vinyls, it's its own thing. One of my favorite animal, uh, uh, albums I have on vinyl is Eloy Ocean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. awesome. And that is Prague, but that is great Definitely. because it's so like pretentious bombastic lyrics in really <laughs> comically thick german accents <laughs> so they're like all will be rewheeled and i that you look great <laughs> sorry continue i got so to uh, when we talk about Prague. It, yeah well so um so you dug 21st century schizoid man so that's awesome i did so, i definitely um, did and the second and everyone 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 here likes likes that song and that album and that band, I think. Indeed. And your second choice, also King Crimson, uh was Starless. And so we'll go ahead yes. and play a clip from that.
song like completely sucked me in even when it was just uh like guitar and bass and then someone hitting a stick against something i think <laughs> that's what it sounded Bill like Bruford. Um, Bruford is the master and uh it was another really cool song and i can see why uh you wanted me to listen to this um as like a differentiation from 21st century schizoid man because it was it was different um, and the second of it, second half of it had just crazy, crazy, uh, guitar stuff going on. Um, yeah. and like around the nine minute mark, I think like the whole song shifts and there's just a, a couple different hard guitar sounds that compete for like 10 seconds and then it just breaks into horns. Takes off. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> yeah. Um, so not only did I, I like this, um, I think I'm a King Crimson fan now, and I'm gonna. I'm telling you, man, King, King Crimson. Crimson. This, yeah, yeah that makes yeah. a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah, they're great. I, they're I, one of my favorites. And I mean, a, a lot of the reason why I, I like my favorite Yes stuff is the stuff with Bruford on drums because it's Bruford on drums, you know. Oh yeah, he's my so yeah, drummer. he's superior. But his his yeah, I mean, his work his work with Crimson is definitely, I think, you know, some of his his best. Yeah, I mean, my my getting into prog rock as a kid definitely started with finding my parents' copy of Lark's Tongues and Aspic. That was nice. what what started it for me, for sure. Have you read Bruford's autobiography? Oh, I haven't. I haven't, I haven't either, either, but I've heard it's I, really good. I've heard it's really good, and I keep meaning to read it. That and Dave Weigel's uh, book on the history of Prague. Oh, yeah, I like him a lot. Those, those are like one and two on my reading list, but I never read unless I'm on vacation, so... Yeah, I, I like Dave Weigel a lot, uh, and I, I read it, all his politics stuff, but I never read his prog book because I was never into prog. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> if this now you're a King Crimson fan, maybe you should read it. Yeah, maybe. I'm tell. I mean, even if all you end up liking is King Crimson, <laughs> you'll be a prog fan. <laughs> well, I, I liked more. I, I definitely liked more. All right, all right. Um, do you guys have any further thoughts on uh, King Crimson before we uh, move on? I, hey, Adrian, I, I mean, they're one of my favorites. Really good too. What'd you say, Scott? Oh, go ahead, Andy. He was oh, going to mention I was gonna say, Adrian Blue. Yeah. The, the 80s years are really good. It's like, different, but it's, can, it's really good stuff, yeah. Discipline is the best of the three, I think, easily, but they're all three really good. So basically all you King know, Crimson never... is good? <laughs> I even like the two newer yeah. albums they've put out that are, yeah, the, I wouldn't recommend you start with the, the two most Power to Believe or Construction of Light, but I think there's some really cool stuff going on on those albums too. So for and, me, uh, all, Brown, all King Crimson is good. Listen to Red first. Listen to the album Red first. That Red and, and the first album. one. Yeah, shouldn't, um, I, shouldn't I start within the court of the Crimson King? That yeah, one and Red. It. Both those two. But just the, get the, really yeah. high before Moonchild. <laughs> or just so, or, or so when, I'm not tempted when, to uh, skip. <laughs> when Moonshine gets the can't. flute solo, you can skip. <laughs> In fact, hold on, let me look here real quick. I have King Crimson on my hard drive. I have In the Court of the Crimson King and In the Wake of Poseidon. I never listened to it. Well, those that's are a good both, album too. Those, yeah, those are both great. Right. Poseidon is kind of a mirror of of the first one, but they're they're both really good. I guess I'll start with them. Uh, that. I think that came from my old uh, Usenet days uh, when I would just uh, download like entire albums that I wasn't sure if I even wanted to listen to, um, just because it was so easy to do. Um, there was there was probably a King Crimson thread at some point on the boards where me and Melot and Scott and 
probably everyone was like, they're fucking amazing. Listen to them. No, that that's where I, I, I know for sure that's where I, where I would have gotten that stuff. I downloaded all kinds of stuff back then that I still haven't even gotten through. <laughs> I have so much music on my hard drive. Um, so the, uh, so go ahead. Oh, so, uh, my, my last thoughts on King Crimson are, uh, Yes, I you know I never liked '80s Crimson, and then I went and saw Adrian Ballou Power Trio recently, like a year or so ago, and I was really That's blown a good away. Band. They they were really good, um, yep. and it kind of gave me a new appreciation for them. I I listened to Discipline and Beat, and it's like the first half is okay, and then it kind of drifts off. And honestly, like I like King Crimson. Red is a classic album, Crimson King, Poseidon, but like most Mark's of their tongue, albums, man, Mark's tongue. Yeah, that's a good one. Most of their albums, like, you know, there's some good stuff. There's some kind of filler. There's, like, some just kind of aimless, jammy stinkers. I, you know, I, I, I like Crimson a lot. But they're not, they're not as much of an album band for me. I have to disagree, but we just have to agree to disagree. <laughs> they're also a band that you can be an obnoxious completist for because they, at this point, are probably selling, like, 100 shows worth of concert recordings like from I'm the in 60s the cl- forward i'm in the club on dgm <laughs> <laughs> oh man i have for, really been for a hundred dollars for a hundred dollars i get five hundred dollars worth of downloads from the the dgms and so i already had a shit ton i've got all these box sets which all each of them have like you know 10 15 live shows on them and um yeah yeah it's it's it can get pretty crazy uh being a completist with king crimson <laughs> There's there's so much I haven't downloaded, and there's so much that I have that I haven't listened to, uh, you know, a lot. So, <laughs> would you say they're they're the second uh, biggest completest band for you behind Kiss? Uh, probably Ween. They're oh, all yeah, kind of the same level. Ween, Kiss, Ween, Ween, King Crimson, Black Sabbath. That's kind of and Cathedral and Cooler Shaker. Those are the ones where I have to have every <laughs> single note they've even whispered. All right. Uh, so Scott, uh, his first choice for me was uh, a song entitled Closer to the Edge. Well, I song is, uh, I use that term loosely. It's more uh, a sweet. Um, and that is, of course. Bill Bruford on drums. By Yes. And uh, so we'll go ahead and play the clip for that real quick.
before this, the only yes I'd ever knowingly listened to was, uh, of course, Honor of a Lonely Heart, much better. <laughs> Which uh, is a really underrated a album. Heart. Well, I, I, yeah, that lineup is actually album. good. I was actually going to say, I, I know that, uh, like, that's not typical of Yes's sound and, like, people bag on that song, but I actually liked that song. Um, even from you what know, I the, heard the orchestra hit for, from that is my ringtone. What was that, Scott? I said the, the, uh, the Yes orchestra hit from that song is my ringtone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a great Mystery Science Theater episode where one of yes. the, Host segments is uh, they're they're talking about and every time every time they say owner of a lonely heart it goes to <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good episode <laughs> and so that's since that uh, was my only exposure to yes and I was aware that uh, that was not really typical of what they sound like I was curious about what it would sound like um, and one of the like most cliche criticisms of Prague um, is that it can be like basically like uh, masturbatory technical proficiency that doesn't really add up coherently. And some parts of this song, I think were kind of like that. Um, but on the other hand, I really liked uh, a lot of it. Um, the third movement in particular, the one that was really long and had a lot of singing on it. Um, I liked that a lot. And then right after that, there was like a quiet movement and, um, that was good. And then they shifted into like a really funky jammy movement um, at the end, even though uh, Andy definitely knows. And I guess if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you know, I'm not usually a fan of like jammy music. Um, so I had, I guess in the scheme of things, a somewhat minor criticism of parts of it. Um, but overall, I liked it quite a bit. And I wouldn't say that that has turned me into a yes fan, um, but it is enough to make me uh, yes curious. <laughs> <laughs> yes curious. I mean, that's, that's okay. about. I mean, that's peak yes for me right there. That's I think that's Bruford's last album of the classic period, and uh, you know that's. I like a lot of yes, but that's about as good as yes gets. I think. You know, yeah. if I knew I was like supposed to be selling you on yes, I would have given you uh, Heart of the Sunrise. So oh, yeah. listen to Heart that's of the Sunrise a, and yeah, then tell me what you think of Yes. Well, I, That's what you were supposed to do. Well, I mean, I am Yes curious, so <laughs> I, I'll probably listen to some Yes now. <laughs> I mean, I'd suggest the whole Fragile album, but the second track is Brahms on Synthesizer, which I would not recommend to a... <laughs> See, for me, yes, because... yes for me is a band that's not an album band. There's songs here and there. Now, some of their songs are like two songs make the whole album so it's either song or album you know it's the same thing but for me there's not many albums straight through that i like the first couple are, pr are pretty cool but i mean when the song's like 25 minutes long you know like that's kind of uh that's the album yeah it's a full <laughs> album side yeah yeah so uh it ain't no dope smoker that's not just songs here and there yeah it's still not dope smoker <laughs> an hour it's, long it's kind of wild song it, it's kind of wild to me that the bass line from Close to the Edge hasn't been sampled on a hip-hop record. Like, mm. some of the bass lines in that w totally make sense to me. Like, yeah, Chris Squires had such a huge bass sound. There's this part in it where the, the uh, it's one of the funky parts, and the, the bass and the drums interlock, and they get offbeat. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's almost... like, it took me so long to figure that out. It, it's almost like the same thing that happens in Chelsea by Elvis Costello. 
wit, which is a weird thing to compare it to, but I think it's like the same kind of shifting accent thing that's happening. Yeah, I love that part. It's cool stuff. Yeah, they're a great band. You know, John Anderson's kind of a wanker, but <laughs> he, um, you know, one of my favorite, I have to look up this quote now, uh, so I'm going to stall for time while I do it. One of my one of my very favorite uh, music critics, critics is Robert Christgau, or Christgau, or however you say his name. Um, Dark Horse's favorite and, you know, name, music critic, whatever. I was about to say, I've yeah, that name recently. Hi, Dark Horse. <laughs> Shout out to Dark Horse, because I know you're listening, you're hate listening to this. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, but Robert Crisco is great because like he, you know, when he loves something, he loves it. He's not like yeah, just unequivocally sure. snarky, but he is, he is so snarky, oh, but he yeah. does it in such a like condescending way. So, um, so the album after Close to the Edge was when Yes got totally up their own asses and they did uh double album, four 20 minute long songs. That's some good stuff. And, um. It's supposed to be about like the four mandalas or so, I don't know some you know John Anderson got into some like Eastern mystic high concept didn't understand it at all and even admits he didn't understand it at all so but here's here's Robert Crisco's review of Tales from Topographic Oceans nice quote unquote passages here as they say but what flatulent quasi symphonies the whole is definitely less than the sum of its parts and some of the parts are pretty negligible. I mean, how come they didn't choose to echo Greco-Roman, Hebrew, and African culture as well as the lost Indian, Chinese, Central American, and Atlantean ones? Typical hyper-romantic exoticism is one answer, and everybody would know they're full of shit is the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we read, uh, when we did, uh... Shit sandwich! When we did our Black Sabbath... <laughs> you can't print that. When we did you our, can't uh, print that? When we did our Black Sabbath episode, we, uh, we read a few... Uh, Robert Criscow quotes because he definitely did not like Black Sabbath. Was not a fan. No, he was like, I oh, I I read a quote of his recently uh, that was um, it, it was about the first Black Sabbath album, and it said, "I should have known this was coming the first time yeah, I saw a numerology yeah, yeah, yeah. column in the newspaper." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was one of them. <clears throat> um, so, Bellamer, do you have uh, any yes thoughts? You know, I saw them this past summer. They played one song from each of the first ten albums. I saw that too. Interesting. It was super good. Although I saw ARW also, and ARW was better than quote unquote yes these days. Yeah, I can imagine how that would be the case. Um, but Anderson, I, was... Rutherford, and Wakeman, or who's the R? Raven. Raven, uh, okay. 80s yeah, guitar yeah. player. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. like, I really reluctantly went and saw that because uh, I, you know, I'm not crazy. Like, I know One Two Five is a fine album, but I'm not crazy about eighties. Yes, um, and they instantly came out and played like, I don't know, South Side of the Sky or like a Stone Cold classic and just rocked it and blew nice. me away. And uh, it was an amazing show. All right. So, final thoughts on Yes. Uh, which album should I uh, start with? I really like the Yes album. Yeah, that's a good album. That's a good the album. Yes not album. Yes. Not yes. No, the no, yes not yes. Yes. The Yes album. The Yes album. Oh, okay. That's what it's called. All right. Yes. Because yes. they had a lineup change, yes. and so yes. they sort of had a re-self-titled debut. Yeah. Right. So they um, had a an album called Yes in 1969, and then the Yes album in 1971. That's the one you want. The Yes, the second, that's 71, right. 71. Okay. But I would I would also suggest Fragile, but skip Cans and Brahms. Just, just skip it. <laughs> well, all these songs you tell me to skip, I'm probably going to listen to them. I mean, <laughs> I 
unless I just can't take it anymore. Uh, All right. Well, don't. Once stop, you just can't take it anymore, skip. All right. <laughs> <laughs> He's just letting you know you're not going to miss anything. But <laughs> well, nothing is nothing is going to be as bad as some of those songs you made me listen to a couple weeks ago, Andy. So. Well, that was the whole point. Well, so. yeah, of course. <laughs> nothing <laughs> will be that bad. Um, I think that I will ever listen to ever. Um, <laughs> and so Scott's uh, second selection for me. Uh, what's the song? Before you jump on, I totally, okay. I totally uh, cut off Bellamer's. I want to do, uh, I, but I want to hear if Bellamer has anything else. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The, nope. Further yes thoughts. Mm. Bellamer's yeah, yes. close to the edge. Close to the edge is the only one you have to listen to. I think. Well, no, actually, I mean, I, I love all of them, but close to the edge is is the place to start. That, that's where they were at their uh, the the highest heights uh, of what they were doing. I guess I'll just listen to both of those two. I think yes, album will be will welcome be more welcoming to you and your tastes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, Samford probably does know my tastes a little bit better at this point, um, since we do talk about music every week. Um, and uh, so, Scott, your second selection uh, is a, a, again a song sweet um, entitled. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bet you hated this, but well, maybe not. Maybe not. Entitled anyway. Stardust, we are. Uh, and it's oh a, goodness! It's a band uh, called the Flower Kings, and uh, we'll play a clip from that. that it was a you know a suite of different movements um i'll just assume they're very good at playing their instruments um but it left me pretty cold and even bored most of the time (laughs) you know i i I can't say i blame you for that i um you know prague is a very indulgent thing and i think that so the the flower kings are a modern-ish i mean they're you know i guess they haven't really done anything for a while but they're part of the Swedish collective, and I think that uh, that the Swedes are really the only people right now who are keeping alive that classic symphonic prog sound. That yes, that Genesis, um, 
And so I love the Flower Kings because they're a modern band who are playing this great classic style of prog. Right. Um, but, you know, again, like with Eloy, they have really thick accents. And sometimes the, you know, the translation is a little goofy. Um, so, I, you know, I really love what the Swedes are doing right now. And um, they... The Swedes uh, are doing a lot of cool stuff in a lot of classic rock genres. They've, they, there's a lot of really good Swedish bands right now. And there's another yeah, great yeah, Swedish yeah, yeah. prog band called Karmaconic. Karmaconic, I don't know how they even pronounce it. Um, but, you know, they're kind of cross-pollinated with members of the Flower Kings, like all the Swedish bands are. But, uh, no, they're great, and they're goofy as hell, and I love it. I love them for it. So maybe this is a, maybe this is a case where if you had known that the conceit was uh, to turn me on to Prague, maybe you would have picked something different, because... Maybe if uh, if I was already into Prague, I might appreciate that more that they were uh, a modern band that was still doing Prague. Yeah, I might have given you like back in NYC by Genesis or something if I was going to get you into Prague. Yeah. Although, as we've discussed, I do love uh, Phil Collins era <laughs> Genesis. This is a whole different Genesis. That's, that's Peter Gabriel era Genesis. This man. is Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, this is totally. I mean, Collins is present, so you have an attachment. You know, you have a foot in the door there because Collins is back there on the but, drums. Yeah, he is the drummer. You know what? Phil Collins is a uh, Phil, Phil Collins, Collins legitimately is a, is a badass drummer. drummer. He's a badass One of the drummer. Best drummers yeah, he in is. Rock he history. is. He He's done shit on Robert with Robert Fripp that is amazing, and I mean, he did get picked as the drummer for Led Zeppelin at Live Aid, which not you know because he's a good drummer. Yeah, all jokes aside, I, I, Phil Collins is a legitimately great drummer. I don't actually love we Phil Collins, that. of course, but <laughs> not not in that way. That is the ongoing joke. I'm, ho- <laughs> I'm hoping that Bellamer suggested some uh, Genesis because uh, no, he, he, did did not. Did we, he did not. We all we actually, skip we, Genesis. Yeah, well, we'll, go ahead and we'll talk about Genesis, a, you guys. A Genesis roundtable. Go yeah, ahead. So no, you can listen talk to about Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Lamb Lies Down is a good one. You just I've need never to put on Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Listen to that whole damn album. I, I mean, the thing with Genesis is, it, I think it, it you can underestimate how just goddamn weird they were. Like if you watch some videos of like early seventies performances with Peter Gabriel and like makeup and wild hair and stuff like that, like it was pretty weird. They, they were just a little weird. flower headdress thing. Yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. Like the instrumental passages were built in for Peter Gabriel to have costume changes. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. I've never been Although able to get into say, it like I have Crimson or even Yes, but I mean that that classic Genesis stuff is is I mean it's it's cool. It's definitely worth checking. Is out. it better than Invisible Touch? Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it took me a while to get into Genesis. It's even better than even when I was. <laughs> even when I was even when I was into Prague. And, you know, really listening to Yes and King Crimson, I still didn't like Genesis. And I didn't even get into them until, like, you know, five years ago or something when I finally was like, you know, these guys aren't bad. Because, you know, it, for, for me, getting into Prague was like, like, I was, I never thought I liked Prague. And I listened to a lot of, like, I started getting into, like, Mars Volta and that kind of stuff. Oh it's yeah, cool I forgot to time. mention that. Yeah, I, I did love the shit out of uh what was that first album called? Exit through the Comatorium. Yeah, D Last in the Comatorium. Yeah, 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 I did really like and that. And Francis album. the Mute. Francis that's, the that's Mute. That's pretty was much classic Prague. Francis the Mute is Prague as hell, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. 
but it was aggressive, you know, like, cause yeah. I'm really into, yeah, like, it was heavy as shit. I got into them from an angle of like, yeah, like, uh, you know, DC emo post-punk type stuff and like math rock and stuff. And then I got into that and then that started pushing me toward yes and crimson, but I never That's liked cool. Genesis cause they were always too light for me. It's definitely different. And like the guitar is not very prominent, you know, it doesn't rock a lot. That's true. Um, I'm cool. You know, I always. That's why I haven't gotten into it as much. But like uh, Cinema Show. Oh yeah, Cinema Show is like that's the quintessential Genesis song to me. In fact, I I retract what I said before about back in NYC, and uh, I'll give you some uh, some post show homework to listen to Cinema Show. All right. But you know, it's it's just like close to the edge and Stardust. We are. It's the same kind of like overly long multi-part here's a obligatory synthesizer solo yeah well, I, I mean I, i'm fine with that shit i mean i love uh the wish you were here sweet that's one of my favorite pieces of music that there is so i'm okay with that yep. stuff uh so bellamer what are your uh genesis thoughts since we're on this uh tangent yeah i think there's lots of concert footage on youtube from the early 70s and like like uh, you know, my inclination always is to dive into the weirdest part head first. Right. And, and some of that concert footage is just like, it's just rad as hell. Like Peter Gabriel looks like, uh, I don't, I don't even know what, like a ghost or something. Phil Collins looks like a construction worker. It doesn't make any sense, but, but it's, <laughs> it, it's really fantastic. You know what you should watch is you should watch, there's a live video of them doing Supper's Ready. Oh God, yes, Which that's is the one to watch. Twenty fit. It's like twenty-five minutes long and like six or seven movements. And at one point, he does come out in a flower costume. It's pretty incredible. They will draw you in the videos. All right, made myself a note. <laughs> All right, and uh, since we've been uh, talking for about a, an hour and a half, um, let's uh, take a quick break. I'm gonna step outside real quick, if that's cool with you guys. Are we going to do an ad for a mattress company or something? (laughs) Yeah, Blue Ribbon, I believe. Joe's Mattress. (laughs) Or Stamps.com. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'll be... Andy Brown's family furniture store that does not want to be associated with this podcast. (laughs) No, I I have made the decision to not associate it with this podcast. That that was my smart business choice. (laughs) So I'll be right back. So I've been. Uh, has anybody uh, been listening to? Uh, are you talking REM, Remy, or are you talking U two to me? I I can't. What is that? I just can't. What is you it? Can't. <laughs> I I feel like my tolerance to listen to someone talking about U two. Like, I don't know if I can make it through an episode. It, See, I don't I mean, like U two, so I haven't listened to that. But I love REM, so I've been listening to the episodes of that. Oh, oh okay. So I didn't know that part existed. So that's the new one, is now they did the R.E.M. series. But you know who does it, yeah? Uh, is it the it's, same guys? Yeah, Scott Ackerman from Comedy yeah. Bang Bang and Adam Scott from uh, Parks and Rec. Um, and they're just like music nerds. And, you know, the first like, they're like an hour and a half long, and the first like hour is them just bullshitting. And then they kind of go through the albums track by track. And it's fun. It's funny because I always felt like a hypocrite because I would come on and do this podcast and be like, hey, listen to this podcast I was on. And I never listened to podcasts. Sure, sure. <laughs> But now I make this commute once a week, and so I, you know, I've got like an hour each way. So it's like, oh, cool! I can listen to an episode every day. So, yeah, I 
the the when the talking you two to me podcast first came out, I said to myself like, "Oh, it's such a dumb format. I hate that. That's really indulgent." But like, I had been talking for a really long time about doing something similar where it's like one rush song every week and go through the entire catalog chronologically. So, I, I am a giant hypocrite when it comes to but, that kind of thing. Yeah, but that's way more like way more in depth than they go because they're like comedians and actors first and foremost and so like sure, sure it's just them if they're riffing and they're just acting stupid and uh and and then they just kind of talk it's it's really surface level stuff in terms of like the music analysis it's just kind of like oh hey these are two funny guys talking my uh, i found out my my, one, my uh, new cubicle neighbor at my new job uh listens to how's that new robot desk podcast. oh it's great i I can I can I can see the entire floor when I stand up. It's so funny. Is it motorized? You just like press a button, or do you have to adjust? No, it, it's on a pulley, so you have to. Okay. But uh, you know, we, we have we have like a union guy that comes in and raises and lowers your desk. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hey, that's my job. <laughs> Talk to the union rep. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Okay, I am back. Uh, Wonderful. Okay, we were talking about other podcasts. Other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, one of the one of the things I wanted to interject with when we were talking about twenty first century schizoid man is Tom Sharpling on the Best Show podcast talks a lot about how Kanye sampled the wrong part of the song. That if that Kanye absolutely should have sampled the instrumental part instead of the instead of the chorus. You mean like the main riff or the, the like jam funky breakdown? Or the riff? The, the, yeah, the the chromatic like funky breakdown part. Beautiful. How does that go again? That would have been very interesting on a hip hop song, for sure. I think Kanye should sample what we just did. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Someone should. Someone should. Hey, we maybe we should send him, send it to him, since he's now like. Posting videos of uh, the Dilbert guy <laughs> that he took with his phone, <laughs> pointed at his computer Wait. screen like he's seventy-five or something. Wait, did that really happen? <laughs> yes. Oh, good God! Yeah, he posted like five of them today, and he like some. Uh, there's some like black conservative, you know, one of the like token black conservative commentators. He said like, uh, "I like the way whatever her at handle is on Twitter. I like the way she thinks." Yeah, he's like he's gone full red pill. It's really weird. It's really I hope weird. He's okay. Yeah, that's I, I think But he was he was like on the Trump train in the election too. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's fucking out of his yeah, mind. He, he like yelled a he was like went on this like rambling thing at some concert and he's like, I I didn't vote, but if I would have voted, I would have voted on Trump. And everybody's like, uh so yeah. I I think he might be uh headed back to the mental hospital. At some point, unfortunately, um, if there was a prog rock politician, it would probably be Bernie Sanders. Yeah, that sounds right to me. He's got he's got the hair for it, you know, an old prog musician. <laughs> well, he did release that spoken word folk album. <laughs> well, and I think you, it was... you heard that right. No, I don't know. No, you you got that's you, a real... you haven't heard Bernie Sanders spoken word folk album. That's a real. Oh thing. no, it's totally like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like in the '80s, I think. And he he had the 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 one that I can remember is uh, it's this land is your land, but it's spoken word in a really thick Brooklyn Jew accent. This was like as I went land. walking that ribbon of highway. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? I'm gonna 
look that up now. Although I think I think it's John Huntsman. John Huntsman is a huge Captain Beefheart fan, which is at what? least like prog adjacent. Yep. Is Beefheart prog? Yeah, adjacent. Adjacent. Mm, no, I don't think so. You know, I don't. I, I don't think there. Yeah, I guess there's prog adjacent. No, it's it's. Um, it's just weird music. I don't know what you, it's like, yeah, I don't know what you'd call it. Freak, freak out, weird music. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess John Huntsman, like, uh, he's kind of like from a very prominent, uh, Utah Mormon family. Uh, but apparently he's like fully Jack Mormon. Like, he drinks and all that stuff. Uh, so he's not Mormon at all. Interesting. Um, but, uh, so, uh, Bellamer, your first pick, uh, was a song entitled, Plague of Lighthouse Keepers, which was by the aforementioned <laughs> Vandergraaf Generator. Uh, Vandergraaf. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> and, I'm not much of a Vandergraaf fan either, so. And that seems to be a, a very early um, prog band. Um, could maybe even be considered proto-prog, maybe. Um, it was uh, mid-70s. Some early of their earliest, right? earliest stuff. Uh, when did they start? Like, late 60s. I thought it was about like 71, 72. Yeah. Like they, I think they had an early album that might be out of print. Yeah. They, they started pretty early on. I, I think I, I could fact check that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, uh, I'll go ahead and look that up while, uh, we play the clip. For me, it fit 
very neatly into the category of like late 60s, um, early 70s bands that were like taking a shitload of drugs and just recording like really weird music uh, that still kind of somehow managed to have some pop hooks in there. Um, and I heard some stuff in it that sounded a lot like David Bowie. Uh, and sometimes, uh, sounded like really cool, like seventies camp, like Jesus Christ, Superstore, star or Rocky horror. Um, and then on top of all that, it went through like a bunch of different musical styles. Um, and all of them were very weird. Um, I wouldn't say all of them were super cool, but mostly I thought they were cool. And in particular, I thought the movement that starts at, uh, 1912, uh, is just a great song, um, full stop. So, Bellamer, basically you opened up here with a cool and confident Grand Slam. Oh, well, that's exciting. I, so, they're one of my, they're one of the bands that has really, really stuck with me. Um, part of it's because of the weird instrumentation, like two keyboardists, a saxophone player, and a drummer. Uh, I, I really like, um, I really like the Lovecraft-inspired parts of that song. And yeah, I enjoy it lyrically a lot. Um, I always want to. It just compare... sounds like so much like something I would like, and then I just I don't know. Just don't I, like it. I always, I always want to compare them to the Doors somehow, in that like they occupied a similar place in the UK as the Doors did in California, but they're just not as dumb. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> yeah, the, the Doors are pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> We'll have to do the doors sometime. It will not be yeah. very complimentary. <laughs> I can give them at least a little defense. <laughs> Morrison will get none. But anyway, continue. There's some cool, yeah. Anyways, and so the other song I think to listen to by Vandergraaff is "Killer." That one is like the, the like, really hard rocking counterpoint to "Plague of Lighthouse Keepers." It's super good. And which albums are these? Uh. Plague of Lighthouse Plague of Lighthouse Keepers is on Pawn Hearts and I want to say Killer is on H2E who am the only one. I think that's the title of it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That is the title of their album. I don't know if that's the song that it's on. But... <laughs> so, uh Samford, yeah, you don't really like these guys that much then? It's it's I mean, I it might be a case of that I haven't listened to the right stuff or given it enough of a chance. I've only heard things here and there, and I couldn't even tell you what it is I've heard. But, it, you know, I just know that I remember checking it out and not being that into it. And how about you, Scott? I mean, you already said you don't like them. But... Yeah, I just, I've tried, and I really have tried. I've listened to them a lot. Um, and, you know, it's, so I guess the thing that Bellamer likes so much, the weird instrumentation, and, you know, I just... For me, uh, what I really love in Prague, and I think probably comes through in the two in the two uh, quote songs that I sent you, is that I really like melody. And even though I love Prague, I mean, I you know I also like country music. I mean, I really fundamentally I like a strong melody in a song. I'm a I little never... bit Prague. <laughs> I'm a little bit country. I can never find the melody in their songs and. It, they, they always feel kind of kind of noodly and jammy and there and like there's 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 nothing like holding the songs together for me yeah sprawling is definitely a word to describe them i think 
and vocally too. His vo- he kind of has that like uh, I don't know. I haven't listened to him in a while, but like when I think of him, I hear kind of like an atonal shouting. I don't know. Am I off base there? Or no, how would you I, describe I, his his vocal? I think style? that's fair. I mean, there's some Bowie esque aspects to what he does vocally, but yeah, I heard that. But but yeah, like, but but there's also some very yeah atonal kind of aspects to it as well. I, I think that's not off base. So it's you know if that's if you know if, if you're into that sort of thing, you know that then that's yeah I guess great. That's, I come that, down that's on not what I listen to or I I tend to think every band is improved by a saxophone and I suspect <laughs> that's not your opinion. <laughs> no, no, I you know I, if you're into the, that the sort of thing, saxophone, yeah, the good saxophone bits are the exception to the rule. Saxophone's the worst instrument ever invented. <laughs> Oh. Not not a Springsteen fan? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, oh. Neither am I. Ooh. Neither am I. You know, so, some some of my very best friends are like massive Springsteen fans because I'm you know I'm deep in the country rock scene here and and, uh, and like I love when they cover his songs. I love other people playing his songs. I just you know, Born to Run's all right. I don't know. We're getting way off topic now. Yeah, I just uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, I love the, the, the saxophone. The sax- I just wasn't. I was just great. checking with the saxophone because, like, everyone loves Springsteen. But if you hate saxophone, I don't see how you love Springsteen. So I'm glad to hear that you don't. I mean, my dad plays saxophone, so you know, I have a lot uh, of respect for saxophone players. But well, there might be some issues then. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he used to beat me with his saxophone and... <laughs> <laughs> while he was playing it. So I just uh, oh can't shit. Hear saxophone anymore. Yeah, see, seventy seventies uh, Springsteen for me is like way up there. So I got some different opinions, and at least you two. We'll have to do Springsteen at some point, I guess. We will have to do Springsteen. Springsteen point. versus Petty or something. What about you, Bellamer? What do you think about the boss? Oh, I think <laughs> Greetings from Asbury Park is a top ten album. Yeah, it's great. Super proc. It's great. Like uh, uh, Lost in the Flood. That's yeah. like a, that's a top notch yeah. song. And can't do much better than that. Their live shows from like the early seventies. Jesus Christ, they were insane. You know, I've never seen them live, but I would. Like if you came back through town, I'd go see them. It'd be too long. I mean, I, their, their shows are legendary. And... I'd go if I could sit down. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I wouldn't pay to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and for this next one, I think uh, it's definitely uh, <laughs> appropriate to quote Monty Python. Uh, and now for something completely different. Uh <laughs> So the second recommendation is by a band called the Cardiacs, and I could not yeah. even find them on Spotify. Uh, so the only way I could listen to it was on YouTube, and the sound quality on it was pretty awful. Um, and the song is called Tarred and Feathered, and we'll go ahead and play the clip. Cold. Season. 
Unlike uh, most prog that I've heard, this wasn't very long at all. Um, and I'm not even sure that everyone would agree with you that it's prog at all. Uh, it's super weird. It's pretty punky. Um, it is definitely conceptual. Uh, but I thought it was all around pretty awesome. Um, like, I wouldn't say this was the best one, but this was maybe my favorite one. Um, like, some of it's kind of shitty, but they also know it's shitty. Um, and I saw that Tom York cited them as an influence, so that's cool for me. Um, and I'm gonna drop a, a link to the video for this in the description, uh, because it's something else. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, go ahead. So, so I felt like something from the 80s had to get represented here, and... and it was very 80s, were, very 80s. Yes. So I, I was trying to think of the way to describe them. I, I think if if you think that The Fall, the, the punk band, and Genesis and Sweeney Todd the Musical are all like reconcilable <laughs> visions of how capitalism has destroyed us, I, I think you get cardiacs in the end. That, ma- that makes sense to me. Yeah, that makes sense that to me. That just sounds weird to me. Oh, it's it's I, weird. I, it's, it's weird. It's very weird. <laughs> um, it's weird. It's damn weird. But but I think they're definitely prog. Like they're they're coming from more punky punk aspects. Yeah. Yeah, but but I mean like it's really clear that they listened to uh Gong and Soft Machine and 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 Zappa and stuff like that. Like I I I think they're definitely slotting right in uh, off what was going on in the 70s. Yeah, it's, it, it is high concept, for sure. Definitely. I, I watched both those videos you sent me, and it, yeah, there's definitely a concept there. Uh, and they, I have no clue about this, so I'm gonna have to check it out myself. They wear, like, really weird makeup in the videos. And, yeah, like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, I don't know how to even describe it. it. (laughs) Yeah, you you just gotta watch it. But, but they're, they're a great deep dive. Like there's like five or six albums. All of them have something to recommend them. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I like them a lot. I've, I think I've also described them as prog rock for people who are super, super into pro wrestling. Um, <laughs> that also makes sense, uh, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, you, you just perked, uh, Sanford's interest for sure. I've never see, heard he, of he might, it may be a derogatory, you know, version of. So I don't know. No, I don't think so. No, I do. I definitely do not <laughs> think so. No, I, I think that is a. Uh, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. It's it's probably not quite like something you've seen or heard before. I'll put it that way. That would be interesting. Then. Like what? Uh, what was that dude's name? The one that we decided was cool, even though he has bad music. <laughs> um, which one? Uh... The one that, like, uh, he looks like he's, like, a middle-aged dad. Oh, Gormley. Yeah, the Gormley, Gormley. Power Stance. Yeah. It's yeah. a little like that. You you just have to see Interesting. it. You just have to see it to okay. believe it. It doesn't sound <laughs> anything like that, but you just right, have right, to see no, it. Right, right, no, Just yeah. something you got to see. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, but, but I felt like something from the 80s had to get in there, and it, and it was probably either going to be that or Marillion. I was and, just going to say that, yeah. And I mean, and I love Marillion, but... I don't necessarily wish them on anyone else. So. <laughs> I like ne- one album. Never I, could get into Merlion. 
what's uh what's the album not childhoods and what's the other one um that has uh, he knows you know uh, uh script for a jester's tear yes that's the one merlian album i can yeah. listen to i like them but man so, they're <laughs> that's only for people who are already of the prog tribe basically or you just have to have no shame i think <laughs> i'm qualified for that <laughs> Uh, and on the Cardiacs, like, I, I looked them up, because, uh, like I said, they weren't even on Spotify, and I watched the, the two videos, and I was, like, super intrigued by it. Um, and there were definitely, like, a bunch of musicians who, like, and, you know, musicians will always just name-check people that they say are influences that maybe aren't actually influences, but there were a lot of uh, musicians who name-checked them. Yeah, Damon Damon Albarn and yep. uh, Mike Patton from Faith No More. Yep, yep. And Faith No More, I could see. I don't know about Radiohead and Blur so much, but so uh, so. Uh, go ahead, Jinx. Uh, we're, uh, we're we're we moving on there, or we're, uh, yeah, we definitely can. I, I mean, we're that. we're through so, all six songs, so you guys just uh, have at it until uh, we run out of things to say. Any good new right. prog bands? New prog bands. Well, you know, I actually have some friends. I'm going to name drop some friends here in Portland. The Mercury Tree. Mercury what? Uh, the Mercury Tree. Okay. Um, it's really dense stuff. They they play microtonal instruments. So oh, sweet. Wild. Like the King Gizzard album. Oh, yeah? King Gizzard did um, a whole microtonal album. They're really album. intense. I've never seen so many pedal boards on one stage before. That's cool, um, too. It, <laughs> King, uh, G- yeah, King Gizzard, they're really awesome. King Gizzard is really good. If you guys haven't heard him, I can confirm. And it's def- definitely got a lot of prog, a lot of prog. I've heard. The, like I've King heard. Uh, they had one album that was like it was supposed to be played infinitely. It can yeah, be if you put it on repeat. The the first and the last like, song uh, connect. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was actually playing a gig and it, and the sound guy was playing that over the speakers and I, I was like, what is this? This is so awesome. <laughs> I was like, it's King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I was like, oh, that's an unfortunate name. No, it's a great name. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's a great good. name. It's, it's yeah, a great it's really name. It's a perfect name. Really psychedelic. Great artwork. Really psychedelic yeah. rock. Um, with uh, how many guitar the, players did you say they have? Do, doesn't take itself seriously. Three guitar players, two drummers, one guy who's on kind of like keyboards and harmonica, utility guy, and then they all sing. And yeah, it's 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 yeah, great it's, stuff. it's cool. It's cool. It's proggy, psyche, never... crowdy, krautrock, jazzy. It's probably a little more psych than prog, yeah. Although I was getting more some psych, weird time yeah. signatures when I was listening to, uh, when I was listening to whatever that was. Oh yeah, yeah. What I was they, hearing, yeah. And I'm a sucker for time signatures. You know, I'm... they de- they got yeah. <laughs> Check Professional out the... statistician, so I love to count. <laughs> Check out Mur- Murder of the Universe. That's the one that got the most proggy time signature stuff. Okay, I'll listen to that. Got a lot of listening music, a lot of music to listen to from. Uh, yeah, me too. Tonight. Yeah, me too. Glad I'm done with this whole album release thing that was taking up a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, so now you can review my fucking album, Sanford. Yep, finally <laughs> we'll get back on it. The good and the bad and the queen. I haven't forgotten. I just haven't done it. So what did you guys? So think? can I make an honorable mention here? Yeah. Uh, so uh, one of my very favorite bands, uh, favorite prog bands, which seems to have. Mostly been lost to history, it seems like, is Camel. Can- who? Camel. Camel. Yeah, they got some cool stuff. Moon Madness is a 
absolute stone cold classic album. That is a good one, yeah. Yeah, and the Snow Goose uh, is good. The Snow Goose is nice. You, the funny thing with the Snow Goose is that they wanted to write this conceptual album uh, that was based on the book of the same title, and they wrote the entire album, and then thought to ask permission, and the author denied it, and so they had to release it as an instrumental. Nope. Uh, Mirage, that's another great Camel album. I love Camel, and it's great, like, it's kind of prog light, but, you know, they have, they, they get they get progier at times, and it's really nice guitar, keyboard interplay, which, you know, to me is like the defining aspect of, of prog. A newer prog band, are any of you familiar with Opeth? They went from black metal and then morphed into a prog band. It's pretty interesting. That is very interesting. I kind of liked them. I, I liked them better as a metal band. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I really like their early stuff quite a bit, and the, the more proggy like stuff the... is not quite to my taste for whatever reason. I feel the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those modern proggish bands, like, they're a little too heavy for my tastes. Like, Big Elf is another good one, but, but it's, it's definitely heavy. Big Elf is heavy, but it's got a lot of prog, proggy stuff. But yeah, there's like there's a whole class of these like neo prog bands. I don't know, they're they're like you know kind of heavy, almost metal. And again, you know, I really it's like Dream Theater's fault. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can totally. definitely blame it on Dream Theater. And it, this is uh, obscure, listeners. I apologize. Wasn't it uh, Spielman who negrepped you, Bellamer? For, yes, uh... for making fun of Dream Theater. <laughs> Which, I mean, um... if you like, like, come on, if you like Dream Theater, like, that's fine. you got to have a sense that's, of humor about but, it. But, yeah, you've got to realize that it is pretty fucking ridiculous. I like some Dream Theater, but I, you know, I mean, I have a friend who's a huge well, well, Dream sure, Theater fan, but he has a sense of humor about it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, come on. it's It's pretty silly. I did walk out on them after seeing, I saw Big Elf open for Dream Theater and I watched like two Dream Theater songs. I'm like, alright, that's good. I'm out. <laughs> um, if, if I can Sa- make a same, pitch. same thing with Porcupine Tree. Big Elf opened for them. I saw Big Elf. I saw about two Porcupine Tree songs. I'm like, yeah, that's good. I'm out. Alright, go, go ahead and pitch me. Yeah. If I can pitch another band, it's Renaissance. Renaissance. Who, ah. Yeah, they're a good one. So, so mostly acoustic guitar. Electric bass, piano, drums, and usually like a string section uh, with a really strong soprano singer um, and are basically doing something that's like like halfway between like folk prog and like a Sondheim musical in the best way possible. That that actually definitely sounds like something I would like. I, I will. Sounds like maybe a yeah. little like uh, Incredible String Band, similar to that. Maybe. Yeah, a, a little more straight laced than Incredible String Band. Gotcha. All right. I can't get into Renaissance. It's a little too light for me. Oh yeah, like it's totally like it. It could also be playing in a supermarket for sure. Like no question. <laughs> well, I, I, hey, I mean, I love like Joni Mitchell. Is, and is Air so. Supply Prague? Is Air Supply Prague? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what not. is prog? They're not prog. You know what is prog is fucking MacArthur Sticks? Park. Oh, <laughs> MacArthur Park is a prog like classic. That's got. <laughs> I'm serious. Dead silence. Dead silence. <laughs> I know. I've heard MacArthur. Park, you know the the um what's his name? Uh, not the Donna Webb version, but the. Uh, I know what you're talking about. What's the guy's name? 
Richard Rob, Robert Webb, the Robert Webb version. MacArthur and like goes Park. into like a I don't know like a five four or a seven four or something section. And... Isn't that the song Weird Al parodied for Jurassic Park? Yeah, and that is his best lyrical parody. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that one of those songs that's like uh, kind of generally agreed upon as being one of the worst songs of all time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not worse than American Pie. You know, it's, oh, that's a bad yeah, song. That that's a song. very bad. Song. That's, oh, ter- that's I think, terrible. I think American Pie is a fine song. No, 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 it's not. No, that song is bad. It's terrible. I have a good excuse for hating it too. I mean, I mean, it's no, uh, it's no, my bathroom, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> my bathroom, my bathroom. I still don't know what the fucking point of that song was. That was that was odd. Some people strange. love their bathroom, man. <laughs> she loves her bathroom them. very much. She very, had to express much. herself in song about her love for her bathroom. She can look in the mirror in her bathroom. It's pretty proggy. <laughs> no, that, that, was not, that was not proggy at all. <laughs> high, high concept. <laughs> it might have been high concept. It might have been so high concept that we, we did not understand the concept. Um, yeah, we weren't high enough to understand the concept. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of Nectar? Nectar's Ooh. got some cool stuff. Yeah, I like, Tab um, in the Ocean is great. Tab in the Ocean, that's my yeah, favorite. That's a great yeah. album. And, King of uh, Twilight, that's Journey my favorite Journey to the Center of the Eye. Yeah. yeah. King of yeah. Twilight's a great song. Nectar is very, like, uh, you know, like, you take Yes, and they have these really long compositions, and they transition between them so well. And Nectar is very like part A, part B, part C, part yeah, right. A, part B. Uh, but I, I, I dig them, and they have some like really nice riffs. And have have either of you all listened to Anglagard? Yes, I There's... I haven't listened to them for a while. I don't I, think I, so. I remember liking them and then not liking them as much. Like the, the more I listened to them, the more I was like, eh, maybe this isn't. They have one really perfect album that's like very seventies crimson. Like I think it has a cello player on it. It's just rad. They're is that more... the one with like the black and white face on the cover? I think it's called Hybris or Epilogue. Yes. I can't remember which one. Um, I should listen to that again. It's worth checking out. Are they Swedish or Norwegian? I can't remember which. I think they're Swedish. My obscure prog uh, shout out will be for uh, Gracious put out two albums in seventy and seventy two. Gracious and this is Gracious, and that's some really cool heavy Mellotron guitar stuff. Never heard of it. I yeah, could list. I could list obscure prog bands all day, but that's the, <laughs> kind of the creme, creme de la creme. The Gracious, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you you and Bellum are both. You guys go down some deep, deep, deep rabbit holes. It's fun. Yeah. You know, uh, it's cuz it's cuz I'm not a Springsteen or a Tom Petty fan. I just don't listen to a lot of stuff like that. So it clears out a lot of room for, you know, to go into some really weird obscure shit. How how Same often you. how often do you think I listen to Bruce Springsteen, man? <laughs> I'm just saying in general. <laughs> I mean, you live in Idaho. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Target market. Damn, damn. You live in real America. Midwest farmer. Look, I don't think mayo is spicy, if that's what you're getting at. <laughs> Someone was trying to ask me something. 
Uh, Sanford, you uh, you linked to something on Facebook or something uh, a few years ago now. I E Y E. Oh yeah, that's a good. And that's a, I really um, dug that. They're from Ohio, uh, with a uh, very nice uh, transgendered lady on keyboards, so you can feel good oh, really? and woke about listening to them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Shout out to you, Dark Horse. Best prog band with a transgender in it is I for sure. <laughs> See, we're being inclusive. I don't know. I don't know if a transgender is the. Uh... I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> a transgender woman nomenclature. A transgender <laughs> Whatever woman. Whatever it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you'll you'll be woke. You know, speaking you'll be of woke, one of these days. Same Someday. Speaking, speaking of women, but cisgendered women, presumably, uh, you know, actually, who was a total gateway into Prague for me was PJ Harvey. I can see that. Yeah, I, I, I can <laughs> kind of like, see that. She, uh, she never really had like the shifting song structures thing, but she wrote in a lot of odd time signatures. A good and friend of mine really who got I... me into the whole idea of counting <clears throat> songs. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I, uh, one of my friends that I worked at the record store with, uh, who I respect his musical taste, and he's got really good musical taste, but unfortunately, he really, really liked Rid of Me and played it every day at the record store, and I just uh, ruined, couldn't yeah. do it anymore. Yep. Yeah, that's too That'll bad. That'll do it. That's why I don't like Ween. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's too bad. Well, they, you're, just, you're just wrong there, but that's okay. I probably like them, but I, I just, you know, that association. Which album uh, was is it? Is Queen Prague? Who? Oh, uh, wh- what, Ween? Yeah, which, Ween, which Ween album was it? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, kind of, I, I kind of got to enjoy the country album, but... Like they have enough Jeff live shows that you don't have Campbell. to listen to their... Exactly. Have you, li- have you on transgendered pot. keyboard? Have you listened to uh, The Pod? The Pod? I don't think the, the, pod. the Pod, that's one of... Yeah. Never heard of it. Oh, oh yeah, you should, you should you should check that one out. That is a that's a deep dark. That is different. Worth, that is very. It's different. worth one. Ju- it's worth jumping in that one. Let me start off with the best you know of who's... chips. I will then move on to the pollo asado taco. And the sauce on the side. I like to dip the tostitos in the guacamole. In the in the guacamole. Sixteen oh seven. Out of 20? 60. Okay. 16 Let me get your drinks. I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm just as lost as you are. We're quoting Ween, uh, ween lyrics. Yeah. So, yeah. Pull your okay. Well, lyr- lyrics are Sorry. a loose term in that case. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. You guys should check out Ween the Pod. That's an amazing album. They, I saw them perform it live weird, and they did it weird. word for word. So I know it's, it's a lyric. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, sorry. Continue, Scott. <laughs> I'm just, you know, while you guys are doing what you're doing, I'm just scrolling through my uh, music library here. Um, for you know who's Prague. you know who's seriously Prague is Soundgarden. Super unknown. Oh, Super yeah. unknown is an all-time classic Prague album. It's got Slaves Prague and, elements, but Slaves and Bulldozers was definitely like a transition step to King Crimson for me. Off of the Bad Motor. Which Finger one is album. that on? It's on Bad, Bad Motor, Motor Finger. Finger. Okay. Their best I don't album. Know that by the title, but I, oh but man! I do have if that. you like, if you like, uh, ah, uh, yeah. check out Bad Motorfinger. Shit, give it a chance. It's good. 
Yeah, I love Bad Motorfinger. I really don't like the production on Bad Motorfinger. It's so flat. I don't. I, I try don't that like new. Try sounds. that new reissue. Fucking rocks though. <laughs> yeah, rocks a, I want it. No, I do. I want to hear the reissue because I don't like the production on Bad Motorfinger, and it kills. Yeah, they, for me. they did an anniversary version that sounds pretty damn good. I think. But Super Unknown. I mean, Super Unknown's one of the best. I mean, maybe up there with like OK Computer, Dark Side of Moon, like. One of the best produced and engineered albums of all time. I don't think, it, I don't think time. it's as prog as those other two, though. It's pretty fucking prog. Yeah. Radiohead hey, is, is definitely Radiohead prog. prog. You know what? Radi- Radiohead is prog. OK Computer is a prog Radi- album for Radiohead, sure. Radiohead, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I, Radiohead is, uh, yes. I, they they say they hate prog. Uh, yeah, so that's okay, the they're, that's they're fucking lying. They've that's listened the same, to prog. Same they've thing as Robert Fripp saying prog. he hates prog. Yeah, they've listened to I don't to think a they tie back prog. to the aesthetic of the seventies closely enough. Like I think like they were listening to Can and There's fucking uh, Mellotron yeah, on OK Computer. Yeah, they, they've prog. listened okay to prog. Computers. They've listened to prog. There's Can a lot of prog. Android is a prog song. Yeah, totally. The tourist, yeah. the tourist is totally prog. It's all Exit music. Exit music and... is prog. Ooh, I don't know about that. Uh, let down, let that down. One. The lead guitar riff is in five, and the rhythm is in four, and it yeah, like that's it, the whole album is so broad. Okay, uh, well, how about this one? How about a uh, spiritualize? That's no. not Prague. No. no, not at all. That's... No shoegaze. Uh, yeah, there's no there's no psychedelic shoegaze. Features. If it's if it's all in three and four, it's not Prague. Yeah, that's true. They do have a very like blues beat all the time. Just with lots of uh, high concept and experimentation, but it's all blues. Is based? Is Queen prog? Nah, nah. They're they high concept, some, but I, I they've don't know got some proggy stuff. But it's more high concept more... arena rock. I would say. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like you know, like Sticks is more prog than Queen, but Queen yeah, is well, better I would than agree Sticks. With that. You know, I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> what about a? Uh, um, so I know um, before they became. Uh, Journey of, with Prague. That's Journey's what I was. That's what I was gonna just just gonna ask <laughs> before they uh, became like uh, the world conquering corporate rock. I, I knew that they were like uh, like acid heads that didn't even have a lead was, singer. And was it was that Prague? Santana's yeah. Santana's old band started their new band. It was a mostly instrumental there. To be hearing Greg Rowley singing, and yeah, it was, it was it's pretty proggy. I've never heard Early Journey. Early Journey pre Steve Perry. Yep before before they got Steve Perry. Yep. Yep, they were a bunch of druggies oh. making druggies. Santana's music. is Santana's old backing band. Yeah, yep. Same guys that played Woodstock with Santana. That's Journey. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and their uh, what's their guitar player's name? Neil Schoen. Yeah, Neil he yeah he was like a big uh, acid head and a big afro head. Yeah, and a big afro head indeed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. True story. And then some, yeah. some, yeah. somehow that the, became yeah. Journey. Somehow it became Journey. They're like, oh, I like money. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like uh, Jefferson Airplane. Do you like money too? Yeah, Starship. I like money too. Yeah. Starship was not prog. Every prog band. Every- no, Starship, Starship was not <laughs> prog. <laughs> every prog band sold out in the 80s, though. Every band sold out in the 80s. Yeah, every, yes, every band. Yep. Not King Crimson. I don't think King Crimson did. They changed their yeah. sound and they had a more eighties palatable sound or whatever that word is. I'm sorry. Um, it was it was more palatable, but 
That pronunciation um, was not palatable, Sanford. There you go. <laughs> I had the wrong impasse, sudden the wrong syllable. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think they sold out because they didn't really get very popular like Yes and Genesis did in the 80s. Yeah, they didn't really try to write those big hits. Nope. And, well, I mean, and you, and you can look at the, the, the guy from Gentle Giant who became a record executive and signed Bon Jovi. Ooh. Which is... <laughs> Oof. That is true. You know, I was actually, I was going to mention Gentle Giant at one point. Um, I think bon Jovi is not Prague. <laughs> no, Bon Jovi no. is not Prague. Although I, I do have to say, and I, I, I don't think I've revealed this on the podcast uh, so far, the first album that I ever personally owned was uh, Slippery When Wet. I own Slippery When Wet as well. That's fair. Please hammer, don't hurt him. The crow <laughs> Please hammer. It was not my first album, but I did own Slippery When Wet. <laughs> Please hammer, don't hurt him is your first album, Scott? Please hammer, don't hurt him. Ouch. That's the first album you bought? Ouch. Very, very first. Uh, well, I so I, I bought uh, that, and I bought... Actually, I think I got that first, and then I went back... Like, you know, a couple weeks later, and I got uh, Warren G. Regulators. Like, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. That's a good one. Yeah, Warren G. And I got Queen Live Nate at Wembley. Dog. Definitely not oh, wrong okay. like, no. that. That's a good one. That cassette, because Wayne's World had just come out, and I was totally yeah. obsessed with yeah. Bohemian I like Rhapsody. Live Killers better, but and Live that, at Wembley's good. Yeah. That album, like, that changed my life. That's a good one. Because I was like... I was listening to Weird Al and shitty rap, and then I was like, oh my god, Queen. I'm 11 years old, and my life... Weird Al's still good, and he has done some prog. I love Weird Al. I'm going to his uh, to his all-originals tour. Nice. Yeah. It's been He's doing no good, parodies. Yep. Good set lists. I'm excited. And I, Self-indulgent tour. I, yeah. I just wanted to interject. That... Is Weird Al prog? No. Who? Weird Al. <laughs> what? I, Weird Al has done some prog. Genius and Francis he's prog. Done, he's done some prog, yeah. Uh, Albuquerque, dude, he I would covered say MacArthur Prague. Park, which, as I said, is a yeah. He, he covered MacArthur Park, and that's a Prague classic. Jackson Park Express, that's pretty <laughs> proggy. But he even did the Richard Webb version, so he didn't even do the Donna Summer version. Yeah. So Bellimer, I just wanted to interject real quick. There is absolutely uh, nothing to be ashamed of of the Crow soundtrack being one of your first albums. There's nothing wrong. I don't remember with that. what was on that. No, that was a fine purchase, actually, in retrospect. Yeah, there's really um, good stuff on there. Rage Against the Machines on, on there. there. What's up? Yeah, Nine Inch Nails covering yep, Joy Division. Nine Inch Nails is on there. Cool. Pantera cool. covering Poison Idea. Yeah. It, it, Interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. That's it's cool. good. That's good. The movie, good though. Mix. I don't know when the last time you guys saw the movie The Crow. In the theater? I saw it in the theater, yeah. Does not hold up. I don't. I haven't had any interest in re- seeing it <laughs> again, so... Not at all surprised. Yeah, I bought the album without having seen the movie. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> you, you keep it that way. Yeah, you're not missing out. Yeah, you're not missing out. You're definitely. It's not like missing it's like out. it's like skipping that yes song on close to the edge. You're not missing out. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, about, I'm, uh, fragile. <laughs> about the only uh, thing that was notable about it is that uh, Brandon Lee died while they were filming it. I think it probably would have just disappeared without a trace if not for that. Yeah, because like, didn't they leave part of the scene in the movie or something? I don't know about that, but it, that just got it, like, massive publicity. Um, right. They killed Bruce Lee's kid, man. Yep, he does die. 
So, <clears throat> yeah, we're uh, up over an hour and a half. So, <laughs> um, unless you guys it, have covered uh, it, yeah, unless you guys have final thoughts on Prague specifically, uh, I think I've name checked all the Prague bands I wanted to. All right. Uh, so Scott, yeah, hi. Thank you uh, for joining us once again. Um, I'm sure we'll continue to have you on. In fact, uh, we're planning uh, at some point Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles. I'm definitely now that we fixed this echo issue. Yeah. Now that we have no more echo. I am ready to go to bat for the Eagles. Yeah. I'll I'll be I'll be helping you out in some ways. (laughs) I'll be I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be waffling on that Eagles Fleetwood Mac episode. Is what I'm gonna be doing. (laughs) Really? And bad things. I have good and bad things. Good. Oh, this will be. This will be. This will be must listen. Must listen uh, podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. Tusk is one of the greatest band, uh, albums of all time. Uh, Tusk is cool, but it's no Peter Green. This is what I'm telling you. You need more conflict on the show. So this is going to be this is going to be a good conflict <laughs> generating episode. We'll yeah, you and yeah. throw some chairs and you and Dark I'm Horse be arguing both. with myself. Yeah. We probably should <laughs> we probably should wrap it up because I have like massive thunder happening at my house to where I could lose power at some point. Here. Yeah, and I I, oh, I desperately need to use the uh, restroom. And uh, so. Andy Good Bellamer, night. thank you for uh, your first appearance. Um, definitely, for me. yeah, of course. Yeah, any, that was awesome. Literally anytime, standing uh, invitation. Um, we always need any, guests. Uh, yeah, now that we solved uh, the echo issue, you can even send me a, a message and suggest uh, matchups, and we'd be glad to accommodate yeah. you. We'll talk about we'll pretty, ideas. pretty much anything. So. Let me yeah. know when you do the Chumbawamba episode. Never heard of. Chumbawamba <laughs> versus yes. Mazzy Star. Chumbawamba versus. Oh, I was gonna say Smash Mouth. Oh, that's but yeah. see, but see, guys, Chumbawamba is good. <laughs> they are good. That song sucks. The song that everybody knows that sucks. But Chumbawamba suck. is good. No, there's there's one of those Galaxy Brain memes that comes around to the Galaxy Brain panel being, but Tub Thumping is actually a good song. <laughs> That's I, too I, far I, for me. Too far for me. I can't, cannot go there. Log it down. Log it up again. Okay. <laughs> is that is that right? Is that Chumbawamba? Yeah, that that's is. tub thumping. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yep. Okay, yep. That's that's. But fucking, the rest is like that's like, terrible. Uh, like, but the rest is like anarchist yes. punk. Right. Yes. I do remember yep. that. Yep. I remember that. We sold a few copies. Yep. The record store. Le- Left wing anarchist punk. Yep. Yeah. Um. And with but that, I didn't like it. And with that, we should uh, call it a night. We bid adieu. Yeah, we bid you adieu. This has been a very good uh, conversation, but it has gone on far too long. Uh, We've got to get down so we can get up again. (laughs) So uh, nothing goes on too long in Prague. (laughs) That's true. That's true. true. This is the extra long Prague. Entirely on brand. So uh, this is the end of Sweet Three. We're wrapping up Sweet Three. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, I'll just (laughs) leave it as one track instead of breaking it up in honor of the subject matter. It's Prague. Yeah. So uh until next right. week everyone and uh hey make sure and uh check out uh our 14.5 bonus. bonus episode bonus of uh, episode. Andy's yeah. experience at uh having Gene Simmons personally handing him uh the vault the Gene Simmons vault yep and until next week com. have a good one everybody <laughs> bye stamps.com <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by the flashlight This one is called Nigel wants to go and see Depeche Mode. (laughs) 
Nigel wants to go and see Depeche Mode. Paul Morley reviewed them in the New Musical Express. And Nigel likes Paul Morley. Nigel wants to go and see Depeche Mode. They're playing at the Camden Palace. And Nigel likes the Camden Palace. Nigel wants to go and see Depeche Mode. They're being supported by the Bluebells. And Nigel likes the Bluebells. They're not as much as Depeche Mode. Nigel wants to go and see Depeche Mode. The singer's got a funny voice. And Nigel likes funny voices. <laughs> Nigel wants to go and see Depeche Mode. The singer's got a funny haircut. And Nigel likes funny haircuts. Nigel wants to go and see Depeche Mode. They play nice, bland, unchallenging pop music. And Nigel likes nice, bland, unchallenging pop music. That's why he likes Depeche Mode. Nigel wants to go and see Depeche Mode. But he's just found out that he can't go because of the SDP grave robbing party. Still, there's always next year. <laughs>